Hey folks, Dr. Nicole Truesdell here. I'm your host and guide as always for this podcast, Abolitionist Dreamscape. So welcome. So this is episode eight. And if you followed me for a while, you know that this episode is a little bit late. I tend to record and release the podcast every two weeks. Um, but it's been three because I was down and out a few weeks ago with strep that took me out a lot longer than I thought it would in the recovery. Um, so this episode is a little bit late. So thank you all for your patience um, as I recovered. And also a lot's been going on in the world, right? Um, right now we are currently in the midst of having to bear witness to the ongoings of a state-sanctioned uh, genocide against Palestinians over in Israel in the Gaza Strip. And as a U.S. citizen, right, we are also in the U.S. bearing witness to our government's response or lack thereof, therefore showing us exactly once again who the U.S. imperialist state truly is. And in doing so, debates are being ignited once again because it's 2023, which means in a year's time, um, we are going to be facing an election cycle, a presidential election election cycle here in the States. And like every four-year cycle, because they start campaigning so early, we're already getting now these types of discourses about voting for the lesser of two evils, voting blue no matter who, um, and the like, as we are also being um, inundated with the kind of fear about if Republicans get in office, getting the presidential office to be exact, and they will enact their Project 2025 plan that the Heritage Foundation un um, unveiled a few months ago. And so we're at a crossroads, and I've talked about this before, that we are at a crossroads in a society of exactly who we are and where we want to go and where we plan to go, both individually and collectively. But right now we're figuring out that the collectives we thought we had, the collectives we thought we were a part of, the groups that we thought um, represented our interests really aren't there. And so many folks are having this kind of quote unquote awakening, awakening to a sense that everything ain't all right. It never has been. But what ain't all right is exactly what we've been fed, that somehow this is the only way to live. This is the only way to be. This is the only way we can do things. Because as we all bear witness to the ongoing genocide, we're also asking questions and having more information revealed that lets us know exactly where our tax dollars go here. We are told that we cannot afford universal health care. We are told that we cannot fund our schools. We are told that we cannot provide um, affordable housing um, to build housing for those who are houseless, those who are struggling to find a home because of rising costs, both food and gas and just basic things of living, right? are no longer affordable. So if we can't afford our basic needs to live, then are we still living? And this is what I want to talk about in this episode. Um, and I'm not going to lie, this may be all over the place because I've been all over the place. I've tried to outline, I've tried to center, I've tried to kind of focus and my mind doesn't allow me to. My body all it can do right now is kind of go through these processes of grief and rage and then randomly um, ecstasy in terms of believing or seeing that the, we can now maybe believe that there are other ways to be, other ways to do, other ways we can and dream of this thing that we call life if we really do believe our bodies right now in the present moment and how we're feeling how we're reacting and realizing that if you can't look away, as I've said on a few of my um, TikToks and IG reels, right? If you can't look away right now, if you can't not feel, if you can not, not, right? Um, 
grieve, if you cannot not feel anger, right? That is your humanity awakening and it won't go away because when you awaken the humanity within you, how can you put it away? Because now you're realizing that there's another way to live, all right? So let's get into that. And before I begin, as always, um, I need to do my announcements and thank yous because, again, this podcast and the work I'm able to do in the public is only possible by those who have supported my work and continue to do so. And so I have a Patreon, Abolitionist Dreamscapes, in which I teach a lot more on various aspects of abolition and dreaming. And in doing so, I'm hoping to create spaces of seed planting, of planting seeds of how we can break the things that do not work for us and dream of what can. And in doing so, I talk about anything from the ancestors to astrology to various aspects of the social, political, political and economic condition that we're in and what happens if we kind of believe all of that through a new lens. So if you're interested in joining that, um, you can find out the, in the link in the show notes below of how to do so. And also I uh, own my own business, Abolitionist Dreamscapes as well, where I do a number of different things like keynote speaking and consulting and one-on-one work along with astrology readings. And I'm also in the process of writing my book, Abolitionist Dreamscapes, in which I will explain and explore more the different ways that we can come to different knowings and beings if we understand the kind of groundscapes, landscapes, and soundscapes that we are in so that we can really get to those dreamscapes. So um, to support that work, again, I'm an independent scholar. You can see how to do so below. I accept donations in various ways. I may start a GoFundMe, I'm really not sure, honestly, around the book um, because you know, as we all are trying to do, we're trying to have our basic needs met. And as an independent scholar and businesswoman, um, and quite frankly, I'll be, I'm just going to throw it all out there as also a black queer single mama, right? Um, who broke my life in order to come back to my humanity. Um, it, it really has been the support of those who have believed in me and my work in this kind of new iteration of my life that I really want to sincerely say thank you to. And so my patrons, those who have been able to just um, send me love donations in various ways through um, by my Cash App, my Zelle, my PayPal, my Venmo, like it really has been very helpful, especially as I build my own client base as well. And so if you're interested in doing one-on-one work with me or booking me for any kind of speed keynote or speaking engagement or panels, okay, and are interested in um, what I can offer, please go to my website, drnicoletruesdell.com, in which you can find that more along with forms um, available to fill out to book me, okay? Now let's get back to um, the the episode. So what is justice for our ancestors? What is justice for our ancestors? Now I ask this a lot, and this is really the focus of my topic today, because if we understand that right now we are living in societies that are built upon these colonial projects, that we never left colonization, we are in the colonial moment right now, just through a kind of quote unquote modern lens, then where can we turn to to find different templates to not just resist these types of systems that are continuously reproduce themselves through time and space? So where do we look for the templates of resistance, but also the templates of possibility making? And for me, one location is and has always been the ancestors. They have been through this. They have understand, understand the oppressor that we are facing. And then we go to the primordial ancestors, y'all. They know what it was like to live and be in community and create 
create societies that were before these colonial projects, long before the colonial European decided to come off of that peninsula and spread its violence across the world and call that freedom and democracy and civilization. And so this is a time in which I do believe the ancestors allowed. The ancestors have been screaming at us for a while to literally wake up. But to wake up, not in this kind of leaving our bodies and going to the ephemeral realm, to wake up by getting in our bodies and grounding, getting in our humanity. Because the only way we can actually see them and hear them, the only way we can actually understand them is if we are in our bodies. Our bodies are the conduits, y'all. We cannot be human if we do not have a vessel to hold that humanity in, to hold that spirit, to hold the mind that we always try to overwork, to logic our way out of the oppressive systems we're in. You can't logic genocide. I don't care how you spin it. You can't logic carpet bombing people who have no place to go. You can't logic coming in and taking other people's land and claiming a primordial past when in actuality, those who have enacted that kind of idealization are very much in the modern era, reproducing the same types of settlerism that we have seen over and over again. We call it the Western modern nation state, right? And so what happens if we all believe that? What happens if we are in our bodies, we have grounded in the corporeality of our existence? What happens when you sit in that long enough to realize that you have not been feeling, you have disassociated for a long time because that was the only way you could survive in these racial capitalist systems that only see your value based upon what you produce, how much you produce and how quickly you do it, right? When you realize that you are you have been disassociated, so then you were able to not see, not understand, not ask the questions that are required of us to, to figure out why we are in the kind of states we are in individually and collectively, right? Now that the questions are being asked, the stories are being told from different perspectives, there is no ability not to feel. So this is when the ancestors can actually talk to us because we are in our bodies relieving our experiences and also believing the experiences of others who are showing them to us through their own screens as they are having bombs literally dropped on them. And so right now, like I said, the ancestors are loud because they need us to believe. They need us to believe what is going on because they have lived through this. They understand the ways the oppressor will always make themselves the victim, will always have us try to find sympathy and empathy with it, even as it is the one enacting the conflict, right? But the conflict is always justified from those who hold the power, and in doing so, they can get very arrogant back. The technology is being engaged both from the power structures themselves to promote the propaganda and try to censor the type of information coming out night. We are seeing just how much the Western imperialist project needs us to not see, needs us to not feel, needs us to not be in our humanity because when we dehumanize ourselves, it is very easy to dehumanize another. And that dehumanization doesn't even have to come in a violent, oh, they deserve it type of way. A dehumanization can, to come, can come into you by saying, well, it ain't my problem. It ain't over here, right? When we don't understand that our struggles are interrelated, when we cannot see the templates being reproduced Produced over and over and over again, then that is how we fall victim to our own subjugation while also upholding the oppressive systems that are oppressing us. And so this is a time of an awakening, but again, that awakening is not coming out of the body, it is getting into the body. This is deep, y'all. 
and it hurts. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. It hurts like hell because you don't, you start to realize just how much you did not see. You realize how much you chose not to see. You realize how much we all can fall victim into propaganda when we are not grounded in our own reality, when we do not believe our actual experiences, when we try to out logic our own sense of self, the body will always respond in one way or another because the body is finite. We are not machines. We cannot just keep going. How hard is it right now for many of you to be able to just go, go to work and come home while you also know bombs are being dropped across there, across the way, right? Reality is hitting and it's telling us that this is not a way to live. And so the ancestors are very loud. And I've seen this, honestly, through the astrology chart. I get a lot of clients who come to me for um, a journey to self-reading who happen to have either heavy 12th, 8th, or 4th house placements or a combination or all three. And when I see placements in the 12th, 8th, and 4th house, the dark houses, the houses, the 4th, the foundations of your family structures, your ancestry, your roots, your home, the 8th house, death and transformation, the occult, the things that are not seen, other people's resources, right? The, the depths of the kind of scorpionic waters of the 12th house, which is the subconscious, the hidden conscious, the fears, the kind of collective unknown, the things that we truly cannot see, the kind of locations like hospitals and, uh, and asylums, the things that are also hidden institutions. When you have placements in those houses, especially personal planets in those houses, Many times that is a that is telling me that you have a connection, a strong connection with the dead in one way, shape, or form. The dead either being your own ancestors, and so they are allowed, especially with fourth house placements. So you have the ability to um, usually uh, have these kind of different types of knowings, different types of understandings, but it can be also very scary or uncomfortable if you're not trained or if you've not been told that those kind of knowings you have or the kind of visions you may see or the dreams that you go into and come out or the kind of knowledge you have when you meet with somebody and they kind of freak them out because they have no idea how you know that, how just asking a certain question or saying a certain thing triggers in them a whole different type of, of being, right? That is an ancestral knowing. That is an ancestral connection. But again, we have been disconnected from our ancestors on purpose because a colonial project needed us to disconnect from our power, needed us to disconnect from our sense of self because the self, the human is supposed to be self-determined. The ability to self-determine is foundational to the human experience. This is why it's always been foundational to Black radical thought, to the Black liberation power movement, and also right now in Palestine to the Palestinian movements. They are asking for the right to self-determine, exactly what Black folks have asked around the whole goddamn world, y'all, since the minute they stole our ancestors and put them into a situation in which they were rendered down to be chattel. And then in that chattelness, that gave justification for these Western states to then use our bodies and our blood literally for their gain. So how do you do that? How do you get a people? How do you break a people? You break the hold they have to their sense of knowing, to their sense of self, and you replace it with a different type of knowing, a different type of orientation, a different type of literal God. So the Christian white patriarch, the Christian white God came in as a perfect tool of imperialism, a tool of European imperialism that has wreaked its ugly head so well for the past 500 years that now many in the diaspora have clung on to ancestors that are not theirs, calling anything else that is actually familiar to them demonic.
That is a spiritual warfare because you are purposely been taught to cut off your, your power. You have been taught to cut off your knowing. So therefore, when they try to come in, either through your dreams, through your clear cognizances, through your experiences, you then double down and deploy what you have been taught to turn it off, to look away and go to the ancestors of Abraham. Because at the end of the day, you are just replacing one set of ancestors with another, your own bloodline with the bloodline of Abraham. And quite frankly, that ain't your ancestor. That is not a lot of our ancestors. If it is, that is great. But even the Abrahamic face that we have been taught through the Christian lens is still not the Christianity of those from the African continent. It is a Christianity coming out of that European colonizer justified the doctrine of discovery through the Vatican. And in doing so, they even admit it without trying to take with no responsibility that they made that shit up. They made it up. They cut that Bible down. There was only certain Bibles that were be allowed to be used on the plantation system, especially in the U.S. and the Deep South, but also, quite frankly, in the Caribbean. There were ways that the slave Bible was manipulated in order to show only those parts that told them that it was their responsibility as the enslaved to look up to their master because the Bible said so. That's what God said. That's what Jesus said, right? So if you are clinging on to that type of religiosity, which we know is running rampant right now because the evangelical church has heavily stepped in since the 70s to overtake these Christian rhetorics and double down in that Christian white patriarch that is nothing more than anti-Black in nature. If you are aligning to that, then you are aligning to your suppress your oppressor. You are aligning to your subjugation. And this is why the ancestors are even louder now saying, you better come back into your body, come back into your knowing, because they are not the ones that are going to save you. They are not the ones that are going to help you. Our ancestors are. So right now, like I said, what is justice for our ancestors then if we're actually believing our experiences, if we're in our bodies right now, if we're witnessing and bearing witness and feeling and realizing that we can't just go back to ideas of boat blue, blue no matter who and thinking that is where it stops and starts. We are realizing that the ways we have been fed we are realizing that the ways that we have been fed, quote unquote, resistance is nothing more than uh, mechanisms to keep us docile so that the status quo continues on, so that the state making project continues on. And because it needs us to continue on, y'all, that is the thing. The state needs us for it to continue on. We are the commodities, but we are also then the power. So what happens when we understand that our ancestors never conceded, our ancestors never conceded to their inhumanity, they still pushed back in every way, shape or form. And this is also why they do not teach us truly what enslavement was, what that plantation system truly was about, and how our ancestors navigated that space. We have not been fed an actual understanding of the slave enslavement and slavery. We have been fed trauma porn, and we have been fed the idea of a white savior through the enslavement process. This is why we get so exhausted watching all of these shows and movies that talk to us about Black history, right, through either enslavement or even through the civil rights movement. They're still filtered through a colonial understanding of time, 
which is always based upon us thinking of time as linear and progressive. So we're always fed these narratives that as we go through time, things got better. So therefore, when we're watching things on the screen, it's always through this lens of a white savior eventually coming to save the enslaved person. When in actuality, many times we saved ourselves, right? We saved ourselves. No one was going to fucking save us. Your enslaver is not going to free you, y'all. You have to free yourself. That's why so many people ran away. The Maroons are a real thing. I want people to start reading more about those who did push back because there are plenty of sources around that. The Maroons and the Fugitives, they are the ones who understood that you must take back your life. You must take back your humanity because that enslaver will never give it to you. We call, talk about the Haitian Revolution so much, and folks want to talk about how Haiti took 13 years and they did what they needed to do to get free. Yet in the present day, when folks who are pushing back against their oppressor do so through the only means they have, we then get fed this kind of purity politic. Well, no, don't do it like that. So which is it, y'all? Which is it? Do you actually want your freedom or do you want to be nice? Because the two can't sit side by side. And it doesn't always mean physical violence, but it does not not mean physical violence in one way, shape, or form because we live in a violent society. We are already having to face physical violence in one way, shape, or form on a daily basis. How many of you have to go to work and your body can barely do it, but you must because it's your livelihood? How many of you have had to bury folks in your, in your line because of state violence? And then you've got no kind of ability to grieve. You had no ability to grieve. You just had to keep up and keep going, right? Because you had to be strong. You had to be resilient. This idea of strength and resilience fed back to us, especially as black and brown folks, is nothing more as a way to fucking break us because we're not allowed to rest. We're not allowed to dream. We have to keep going, have to keep doing, have to keep producing. We can never be. This is why time is always seen as progressive in forward movement. It is always some kind of future making. It is always some kind of future making, right? It is always in some future. But what happens if you're actually present? What happens if you're present in your body? What happens if you actually be in the now? And then from this now, you see and re-see your past experiences and you allow yourself to analyze your own, your own life and the world around you through the now, not through a future that is telling you maybe one day you can be free, but in the present, you must continue to uh, submit to your oppressor. No, what happens if you are in your now, if you have time be situated through your perspective, through your lens, through your body? What will your ancestors then tell you? How can you hear and see differently? What are the different stories and, and mechanisms that we can draw upon? This is where we are, y'all. This is what dreaming means. Dreaming is not easy. Dreaming is also not going to be nice. It's not going to be straightforward in terms of if you do A plus B equals C. No, it is going to require us to be in our humanity, which is a messy, messy bitch, y'all. Being human is not easy, but it's not supposed to necessarily be. It's supposed to be about experiences. And right now we are experiencing nothing but violence and atrocity and brutality. And again, we're fed that as somehow democracy and freedom. So what is justice for our ancestors? We have to think about the, what they were able to do, right? They survived and also created communities after the plantation, after the, sorry, enslavement ended officially. And the state still enacted its violence, enacted its terror in various ways upon the Black body and Black communities, right? 
we still were able to form different spaces. We were still able to create different places. And every time we did and tried to be by ourselves, they kept coming back in to take our shit. They need us. That is the thing. Our ancestors are trying to let us know. They need us. So can we reject that if we don't want them? This is not easy work, but it is dreaming work. It is possibility making because our ancestors believed in the possible, because they believed in the ability to self-determine, because the human, along with any other life form, is not meant to be subjugated and bounded like we are. We see how the land is revolting back throughout space and time. Every time the state tries to come in, whatever state it is, to put up a new wall, put up a new fence, create new borders and boundaries that disconnect not just the human, but other forms of life from one another, that disconnects ecosystems, right? What happens? The land and the water do strike back. And they are, they are exacting in what they are saying. You will not break and bound me. We see animals striking back, right? Hell, there's that, that video going around of the, of the bird taking down the Israeli flag, right? Of course, because why would, why, who said nature supports subjugation? Who said nature supports this idea that we are supposed to be bounded and, and disconnected because somebody put up a landmass and said, now this is A and this is B and A and B cannot relate? Who said that the land conceded? I said this before on a TikTok, but who said that the land has to have to bear the brunt of soaking up the blood of those who came before because they were slaughtered on land and then told to be removed so that settlers could take over? The land didn't concede to that. The trees didn't ask to be co-conspirators in the lynchings of so many of our people, right? They didn't ask for that. The land didn't ask to have to bear witness to this either. And so right now, resistance has to come in different forms, but the question has to come for me through the lens of what is justice for our ancestors, because they never got it. Our dead deserve their justice. Our dead deserve to rest. They won't even stop the bombs dropping enough in Palestine to allow them to care for their dead. The Congo that we're seeing more and more now and, and having to face the reality of that ongoing genocide as well, of the extraction both of the people and the land, the absolute sexual violence that being has enacted. And that is a long history in colonization too and in imperialist regimes. They weaponize sexual violence against women's bodies, against those, against children, against all, quite frankly. But women and children are definitely targeted in that sexual violence in order for you to be put in your place and know who is dominant over you. They did it to our ancestors. They still do it to today. So what is justice for our dead? What is justice for our ancestors truly look like, y'all, if we allow ourselves to come into our body and believe our experiences? Because we have never had rights in this country, but then fed the promise of rights, so that there's nothing more to get us to, again, be docile in one way, shape, or form. We got to ask the question, did the strategies of our parents actually work for us, of our grandparents, did they actually work for us as a people? Respectability does not work. You cannot try to respect your way in front of a population and people in a structure that doesn't even respect itself, doesn't even see itself. All it knows how to do is maintain power through any way, shape, or form, so they will always move the floor. So then we've got folks literally dropping dead at work, Most, a lot of Black women dropping dead at work, giving and giving and giving and showing and showing and service and service, and for what? They'll put that job ad up four hours later. 
and on to the next. Aren't we tired yet, y'all? You got to feel your tiredness. You got to feel your fatigue to believe your experiences and believe this shit. So you got to get in your body to hear you're dead. And before you ask, well, then what next? That's the question you have to answer. What next? When you believe yourself and your experiences, when you go through your line and realize what they also went through to be where you are today, right? When you believe all of that, then that will help you decide what is next because there are different ways to do it. People talk about getting into your local politics, getting on your school boards, understanding your local neighborhood. But sometimes when you do that, you may have the realization where you are living is not where you should be either. So this is a time of an awakening, but awakening into your reality so that you can understand that we have been walking dead for far too long. The new age spirituality and the manifestation girlies and the pop astrology that says everything's going to be abundant and great. You just got to manifest is another mechanism of white supremacist understandings of spirituality that gets you disconnected and still buying into a capitalistic understanding of living in life. Get in your body and figure out what it is that you actually truly need and want and desire and going to realize that it may not be a million dollars because what does that mean and what is required of that? Maybe what you actually are looking for is deep connections, looking for the ability to not have to always do a, a transaction with somebody else. Maybe what you're looking for is the ability to barter with those because you can trust one another and you can create third spaces with each other so that you don't have to always be consuming in order to feel as if you are living. People talk about a new world order all the time, but the new world order starts with us. Pluto going into Aquarius next year does not just automatically mean you humanitarian. Pluto was going to shake some shit up because it is time for a power restructure. The last time this happened, the so-called revolutions, American and French and the like happened. And in actuality, all that did was reinterpret the damn monarchical understanding of living in life through the European lens and fed it back to us as a nation state. And yeah, certain bodies regard democracy and freedom because they were literally going off the template, y'all, of the Greek and Roman understanding of a city, states, and citizenship. We are living in the imagination of the European who was infatuated with the Greek and Roman revivalist periods that were very popular at that time. Scottish Enlightenment thinkers were heavily influenced by those types of knowings. So no wonder why we are still living in that kind of structure and why we still have men who are so uh, weirdly obsessed with the Roman Empire without actually understanding what the political economy of it was and how it didn't really fucking work because you can't just consume and consume and take and take and think that you can also maintain under brutal force because they also supplemented people's ancestral and spiritual practices with their own, right? Rome was really good at that. And so rinse and repeat. What happens if we understand that there are different ways outside of these imaginations? Well, we, in order to do that, we got to come back to our body in order to come back to our debt. So going to the eighth and 12th houses, right? The eighth and 12th houses really tell us more about power and the dead and the, the, our relationship to death. Because again, if we don't respect death and the dead, we cannot respect life. We don't understand the preciousness of life. We can't comprehend true time and timing of life. Because we are built upon and beholden to, again, these kind of linear progressive understandings of time that keep us always going in the future, which means we are always disconnected because we are not allowed to actually stay in our present and pivot. 
saying this ain't working. So we got to do something else. It's more than a black or white or red or blue, y'all. There are so many more possibilities, so many more roads open, but we have to initiate them. So again, what is justice for our dead? What is justice for those who have died under these oppressive systems? And whether we like it or not, our struggles are related. Our struggles are interrelated because these are templates that are rinse and repeats. And if we don't allow ourselves to believe and open up to new ways of being, we're gonna keep, we're gonna be here again. <laughs> There'll be new generations asking the same questions, looking at us being like, why didn't you try something else, something new, something more, right? So let's be the templates for those who we don't even know are coming after us, but we know there are others coming after us because guess what? They couldn't kill us. We are still here. They couldn't unalive us as a population. We are still here. The Palestinians are still here. They're trying to drop bombs day and night. They are still there. They're trying to suck Africa's resources dry in the Congo, but guess what? They're still there. The people and the land is still there. Haiti right now, Basically, it told the DR to F off because they were tired of trying of the, of the DR thinking that they are white, essentially, and that they're going to come in and continue to oppress Haiti. Haiti said, we will build our own shit. We have templates, y'all. We have to just stop looking at the European, looking at the American imperialist regime and look to other places that know the brutality of these imperialist projects. We know the brutality too, but we have been comfortable. We have been made and felt as if this is comfort, even though if you were actually in your body and believed your experiences, you were realizing you are not comfortable at all. You are not comfortable with that mortgage that essentially makes your house poor if, you have, if you're able to even have one. You're not comfortable trying to work three, four jobs to make rent that keeps going up and food keeps going up. So the, the things that you are actually creating or producing or giving to others, you yourself cannot even partake in. None of this is comfortable. You are not comfortable if you occupy a black or brown body going out and not being sure someone's going to call the cops on you just because you happen to laugh too loud or be in a space somebody else deemed you shouldn't be in, right? This is not comfort, y'all. This is stagnation. This is complacency fed back to us as the only way to live. So what does justice for our dead look like? Answer that question for yourself. Because I really do believe it's time to call the ancestors down. It's time to call the warriors down. It's time to call the primordials down who know what it will take for us to be able to imagine something else, something more, something different. This is the time of the creative, just as much as the time of the revolutionary, because revolutionary art is part of movement making. It's part of us dreaming and imagining something different. So it's time to call the ancestors down. Those spiritualists out there, those of you who talk about ancestors all the time and want to invoke things like Haiti or other types of spirituality, especially during through hoodoo of how we, you know, use poison and ground up glass and found ways to ensure that we could hide, right? The Maroons and the fugitives who worked with the cave systems, work with the rivers, work with the swamps, who work with other forms of life to be hidden in plain sight in order to create third spaces and new possibilities, right? Call the ancestors down. Work with your groups, y'all. Call the warriors down. Call them down and believe that there are different ways to be. If you're not in the community, you can still Call in your dead, the primordials, the ones that are elevated for your best timeline. And what that means is they're here for you to live, not just to keep recreating and producing. They're not demonic. 
when you are fed your oppressor's understanding of your sense of self, anything that would actually bring you power, of course, will be seen demonic because that demon is actually their worst nightmare. So it is a demon of the oppressed, not a demon of the oppressed. Your ancestors are here for you. Our ancestors are here for us. So what is justice for our ancestors? What is justice for our dead? All right, I'm going to stop there. Um, as I said, I knew it was going to be all over the place, but I just had to get it out. I am going to be doing another salon conversation on what is justice for our ancestors. Um, December 10th, I will have the information about that on November 1st available on Eventbrite. It'll be another um, salon. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm still going to sit with it, if I'm still just going to have it for Black, queer, non-binary um, and women folks or if I'll open it up for BIPOC folks in general. Um, I will know by November 1st. So check out um, the show notes below. I will update them since I will have this podcast released October 30th, um, but come back after the first. Um, I will have more information about that salon coming up because I really do mean this. I'm committed to building spaces and places that allow us to bring the dreamscapes into our reality. But in order to do that, we have got to sit in our body, which means this is a deconstruction moment. This is an abolitionist moment because we have to understand how we have been imprisoned in the kind of understanding of self that is an individual, that is a part of the status quo that we are meant to perform and be in. If we break those scripts, y'all, the possibilities are endless. So this is this is what I'm writing about. This is what I'm going to speak about. This is the kind of direction that I am going in my work. So if you want to dream with me, please do so. All who are committed to the reviving of our humanity are welcome. All right, y'all. Keep dreaming. Keep imagining. Get into the body and into the dreamscapes so that we can find a new way to be human. Till next time.